0: Hello and welcome to episode 1 of our new podcast called Kingston Journal. My name is Baka and I'll be your presenter. We also have Adam here. Hi. Hello. Josh. Hi. Analia. Hi. We'll be talking about a range of different topics from the rise of in- the rise of independent journalism to slow journalism and many others in between.
1: I'm going to be talking about what I think is going to happen in the future of journalism and how the internet will become an increasingly popular place for people to get their news from and how as a result of this there will become more of a political polarisation between the left and the right. I think the idea of journalism moving online isn't a surprise to anyone with Pew Research reporting in January that 86% of Americans get their news from a smartphone, a computer or a tablet. 60% of those saying that they do so often. Reuters also conducted a study of how people in six countries access news and information about coronavirus. Those six countries were the UK, the US, Germany, Spain, South Korea and Argentina and in each of those countries online was the most common except for Germany where it was the second most common. Both Serge Halimi and Pierre Rember touch on this and what it will lead to in that article called Solid Information or Social Media Ratings. The reader becomes king in Le Monde Diplomatique. They say how a new model was emerging, one better suited to the dearth of advertising revenue and realities of fractured society, hyper-partisan media. And the new model that they're referring to is subscription journalism. They go on to say that the only winners in the game of converting free readers to paying subscribers were the most powerful and specialised publications. So essentially what they're saying is um, how in order to gain new subscribers and to generate a profit, you have to be specialised and in a niche in a specific area. Matt Tybee also offers a similar opinion in an article called The Post Objective Era, saying that companies have moved from trying to attract one big audience to trying to capture and retain multiple small audiences. This means the process has gone from selling a vision of reality they perceive to be acceptable to a broad mean to selling division for technological, commercial and political reasons. This instinct has become more exaggerated with time, snowballing toward the dysfunctional state we're in today. A pretty extreme example of the dangers of this smaller yet dedicated following was seen in January with the siege of the capital. The presence of the internet can be seen throughout these riots, with the independent reporting that it was organised on mainstream flat platforms like Facebook groups and Instagram stories, Reddit, TikTok, Twitter and YouTube. Even throughout the whole of the election, an internet bias can be seen as Pew Research discovered that 27% of all Americans and Republican-leaning independents said Trump and his campaign were a major source of election news for them. So if someone is only getting their news from Trump himself and believes in all of the things that he's telling them, then it was most likely going to culminate in something like the riots that were seen on the 6th of January. Uh, And I think that's the type of fractured society Talimi and Rimbaer were referring to, as well as the dysfunctional state that Tybee is talking about. So what do you think about uh journalism moving online and how
0: that will affect people on the left or the right or in the middle? Um, I think it'll increase the polarization of politics in my opinion, because for example on YouTube, a lot of self, you know, described journalists are incredibly biased. And I think a perfect example was in the twenty sixteen election how a lot of journalists were incredibly biased either towards Hillary or towards Trump. And what happens is as people kind of like go to whoever you know um agrees with doing bias that's just gonna keep the cycle of polarization going if that makes sense yeah uh adam
2: yeah I think that yeah. makes sense definitely with the fact that like it's it's i think America is very much just a very polarized country at the moment, and Hillary and Trump are definitely the examples that you'd use um or even more recently you could say biden and Trump as well um the fact that Trump still had such a large Proportion of the American population voting for him which kind of shows the influence that the media can have on him uh, and on voting. So yeah, I think I think yeah, yeah. it will definitely increase the polarization.
1: That leads on to my uh, second question, which is: Do you think the UK will become more like America in this way? As in, do you think the UK will become just
0: as polarized? I don't think so, actually because unlike America, we have the BBC, which is really a neutral. You know, in America, if you're like right-wing, you get to Fox News. If you're left-wing, you get to CNN. But in the UK, we don't really have that. Like, sure, there are like broadcasters that are right-wing and left-wing, but the majority of people kind of get the news from a neutral broadcaster. So I think that really helps, you know, stop the polarisation of this country. But yeah, if the BBC was to ever, let's say, go away, something was to happen to it, I do think we would, you know, go down the same road as America.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. I think that's quite true that. with the fact right. that like. A lot of a lot of America is quite controlled by the same group of people. Uh, a lot of the, say, the internet um, providers, are, basically they have a complete monopoly on the market with just areas being bought. Um, and I think the news is very much like that as well, where news is just controlled by either left or the right wing in certain places. But the the UK definitely has more neutral stances uh, in terms of journalism, especially with the BBC, like you said. Um, but I, the one thing that does worry me slightly is the fact that with politics, I think there's been an increasing divide between the old generations and the young generations voting completely separately. Um, and it'd be quite interesting to see how that changes as we, as a generation, get older, where we've traditionally voted for, say, Labour, um, or the, at least in the polls, and then the older generation voted Conservative. So it'd be quite interesting to see how that changes when we're older and then uh, the older generation are past.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I suppose we're we're the generation now who's growing up with this influence of the internet so Mm. when we're older maybe they'll they'll be it'll be quite similar between us being older and the younger generation below us because we'll both have that internet influence rather than just
0: one of them so yeah it will be interesting Mm, yeah Yeah, it's definitely a big generation shift from like you know the older style of new broadcaster like the more digital one and i think it's really gonna show itself in like how political views are formed. Because even YouTube, for example, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of people essentially kind of form their own views by just watching videos online. Hmm. And you know, like, that's how a lot of people in our generation kind of got their own political views. So that's gonna be interesting and how that's gonna affect the next few generations as well. Yeah. Right, I wanna talk about um, the future of journalism, but more specifically the rise of independent journalism. First of all, independent journalism just simply means any form of media that's free from government or corporate restrictions and influence, which I personally think is important because our job as as journalists is to tell the truth even if a government or company doesn't want that. Um, a reason why a lot of people don't actually trust journalists is because a lot of the moraiful corporations that are seen as you know elitist or mouthpieces to the government, which is true to a large extent actually, because the majority of UK media is owned by six billionaires like Rupert Murdoch, Richard Desmond and others. And there have also been surveys done showing that journalism is one of the least trusted professions, which is crazy because you know our job is to tell the truth. But it it's understandable that people don't trust journalists because like I said earlier, a lot of the rightful corporations are owned by people of their own agendas. So yeah, I personally think that the rise of independent journalism can solve a lot of these issues and also regain public trust. Also, I think the main reason why independent journalism is becoming more common and is on the rise is that there's a growing distrust towards mainstream media. Which, by the way, is a very vague term and it's been used by a lot of people, but when I say mainstream media, what I just mean is any well-established news outlet that's well-known and is, kind of, like, seen as legitimate. And it can be in the form of newspaper, TV channels, more Fox News, CNN, BBC, Guardian, anything that's really well-known. Um, a good example of, like, the growing distrust with mainstream media is, like, the situation of Meghan Markle. I think most people have seen the interview and how she explained that, how the media was biased towards her, and it was really an eye-opener for a lot of people because... You know, it was well-established media corporations that were being biased towards, and sometimes even telling outright lies. And uh, you know, not some unknown news outlet. And it highlighted how a lot of media corporations prioritize profit over truth. And this realization, I think, will encourage people to seek out more independent journalists who, you know, are seen as more honest. I think this topic is really important. Uh, t- for me personally, because I want to be a journalist and I'm interested in any trend I see in the world of journalism. Of course, I want to understand this. So yeah, I just find this really interesting, but. Also, the idea of being able to write freely is an important thing to me because I've always wanted to just write about something I'm passionate about, an idea of being stopped by some government or company rule, just sounds depressing to me. I've also noticed that there's this kind of generational shift from more traditional news outlets, and that makes sense, like, you know, teas and newspapers that younger people don't really take from these days, like, in terms of news, but, yeah, in my own friend group, for example, there's not a single one of us who actually reads a newspaper. I don't know about you guys, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just noticed this shift from a more Traditional news outlets to more a, a more digital approach That makes sense, like social media Which encourages more independence And then I'll, ex- I'll expand on that point in a bit But first I want to talk about some negative implications Of, you know, independent journalism And I think one really bad aspect of it Is that it can give some like People some really bad ideas A large platform and big audiences much more easily Which can cause political polarisation Which is actually a point that Josh raised earlier And I completely agree with her, because you know, as people flock to anything that confirms their own biases And, you know, that's just going to keep the cycle of polarisation going And, yeah, that's not something that I think independent journalism can really stop That being said, I do think that the good are always the bad And that, uh, overall, independent journalism is a really good thing And I hope that trend of it becoming more common is going to keep going um, The other day, actually, I was listening to a podcast With a guy called, about a guy called Jake Hanrahan I think that's what his name is I uh, probably butchered it <laughs> uh, he used to work at Vice and left just before he got bought by HBO. But yeah, he was on a podcast discussing independent journalism and whatnot, and he was talking about the popularization of podcasts. And he mentioned Joe Rogan. Now, Joe Rogan himself isn't really a um, journalist per se, but he did popularize the medium of podcasts. And the thing is that up until that point, independent journalism was seen as you know unappealing because you would not get the same large viewership that you would get if you just worked at a news corporation. And yeah, so Joe Rogan essentially proved that you can be independent and still have a large viewership, which is definitely gonna make independent journalism much more attractive in the future. And we also have to bear in mind that like his podcasts are available on like YouTube and Spotify, which are completely free to use and like quite easy as well. I mean, anyone can just make a channel or on YouTube or an account on Spotify and upload anything that they want. And you know, that's I mean, that's enough further encourage people to become independent journalists. And lastly, I also think that. You know, since independent journalists will start having large audiences, they can hopefully destroy the monopoly that mainstream media company corporations currently have. You know, as most UK media is owned by a few billionaires, like I mentioned earlier, um, and hopefully change that perception people have towards journalists to something slightly better. Do you agree that everyone should be given a platform to be independent journalists? Uh, I do agree
1: because i think that you can't really take that away from people uh you can't say that certain people can voice their opinion and certain people can't voice their opinion uh it's too subjective as to whether who you would give that platform to and who you wouldn't uh so being able to regulate that uh it's just I, I it's too too difficult to do
2: yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Josh. It's it's too hard to regulate something that doesn't really, to be honest, doesn't really need to be regulated because it's it's free speech at the end of the day, uh, especially with the internet. It's just anyone can have their opinion and anyone can upload it. Um, it's It would be way too hard to regulate, for sure.
1: Uh, yeah, I also think, sorry, uh, if you have, if there's someone out there who is voicing their opinion and you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you can just not listen to it. So it's, mm, yeah. it doesn't
0: really matter. Yeah, definitely. But um it can be really subjective, like you said, and, like who can who can it can't be banned? And it does set a bad precedent if we just kind of like ban whoever we don't disagree with like everyone yeah. disagree
2: with. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So how do you guys think we should deal with like um people spreading bad ideas then? Um,
2: um Yeah, you you go first, Josh I'm thinking. <laughs>
1: so I to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends how bad the ideas are. I think if someone were to actively cause something that could lead to physical damage to someone, I think there is something there that needs to be stopped. However, if someone is just, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is if it's gonna cause harm to someone, then I think the there should be procedures put in place based on the law but if it's just someone saying uh, quite tame things to someone, then I suppose that's a bit more difficult.
2: Yeah, I think it's the key thing is active intent to harm people, for sure. It's kind of like, as you said before, you just ignore the people that aren't being courteous online. I mean, it's, there's a huge abundance of people <laughs> that aren't being courteous. And it's it, you can't really regulate them again unless it's on a regulated board or something like reddit or uh or twitter maybe as well um yeah
0: yeah i agree definitely it's like as long as someone doesn't call for violence or just like demonize other people they should like be given a platform
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah,
2: yeah at, at the end of the day yeah. you, you should just ignore them it's not really
0: yeah exactly just ignore the yeah. yeah
2: same thing yeah. in real life as well
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Hello, I'm Adam and my chosen topic is the rise of slow journalism. You may be wondering what slow journalism actually is. Slow journalism is the idea of releasing higher quality news pieces less frequently. This is opposed to fast journalism where you release shorter, lower quality journalism more frequently. Since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, I found myself very blown out by the constant stream of often negative information given by large news providers. Personally, I prefer an alternative to this and slow journalism has acted as this for me. It leads to articles when my time reading was well spent and the information given was well researched. All the while, I'm not bombarded with the ways the lockdown is getting worse or how Boris's hair is looking in today's news briefing. And I'm not alone in feeling this way. A dedicated slow journalism outlet called Tortoise Media has grown extensively since its launch in April, 2019. After garnering more than 275,000 pounds for its initial startup target in 2018, it has been described as the antidote to the endless newsfeed by co-founder and publisher, Katie Vanek-Smith. And now has over 80,000 members Furthermore, 60% of that subscriber base pay for the news they receive from Tortoise, according to Editor-in-Chief James Harding. I'm a part of the 40% that doesn't pay for my slow news, but does look at the free Tortoise newsletter emails. But the newsletter does provide me with links to long articles and provides a quick summary of news that can be written in sentences rather than a whole article. Okay, uh, does anyone else feel similarly to me on the current state of news being published?
1: Uh, I would say... For specific topics, I'd agree that slow journalism will increase because people will go to that specific site to find something that they're really interested in. But for the broad, general news that people need to know, I think it will still be the tried-and-tested big news outlets that will give them that type of information to people.
2: Yeah, Yeah. yes, that's definitely...
0: I also agree that I think slow journalism is going to keep rising because a lot of people want to learn about certain topics in detail and you just can't get out of fast journalism really. And I also think that, you know, as time goes on, we'll just see more journalists overall so people go into more niche topics and go to more detail. So yeah, I do think slow journalism is going to keep rising.
2: I think that's, that's a really interesting point that the independence that comes from internet journalism kind of increases the amount of niche topics that can be written about in detail. So, it kind yeah, of just means- increases the amount of information the wealth of information that's available to people
1: it's a lot easier to find too because you can just type in the keywords that you're interested
0: in suddenly there's so many things to look at mm, yeah. yeah
2: yeah
0: like just finding news digitally now nowadays is just like so easy so um like slow journalism as well is going to be really useful so like if you're interested in literally any topic you can think of you can find at least one article that gives you to a lot of detail with it
2: Mm, yeah because uh, to be honest i think nowadays it's I know, I know wikipedia is a bit of a meme at this point where it's meant to be <laughs> kind of this unjust source of information but it is well most pages are well documented and well yeah uh, upkept so but if you have long journalism or uh, yeah if you have long journalism it's kind of you have that information already there and it's been researched because it's by a journalist you know um yeah, yeah. so i think that would be good for a lot of people especially students to find information they need
0: also i do think that false journalism is something that's much more common of like younger people as well but i think it's something it's like because of like maybe a digital age where we just kind of want like to scroll through something and just kind of find facts and just keep going but i think as time goes on like people will just kind of like refine slow journalism and just kind of like come to appreciate it, if that makes sense yeah yeah,
2: yeah i'd yeah. see that i think there is i, I speaking from myself definitely i think I don't, I don't want to constantly see articles everywhere that, that don't really give me any information except, you know, one sentence is the main, the main point and then the rest yeah, of it's just yeah. filler article.
1: <laughs> and as well, you see so many of the same ones over and over again. That yeah, once, yeah. once you've read one, you know the information that's happened, whereas with long journalism, it, you can, they can afford to put different ideas into it that aren't the basic ideas that you've already read countless times on the same pieces of news
0: mm. exactly you stopping something every single time you read alice Slow article every single time yeah
2: yeah okay. okay uh so do you think slow journalism should or do you think journalism should slow down and if so why
1: i would say that it's a bit of a boring answer but i think there needs to be a balance there needs to be both of them because i think you need to get that fast uh quick update about what's happening so you need just to be given that news so you're aware of what is happening in the world. But then I think that also does need to be the longer form of journalism to really go for a deep dive into that topic once you have read something that you're interested in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I completely agree with Josh. Um, also, like sometimes there's topics I find really interesting that I want to go into like detail with, and that's when I would prefer slow journalism. But at the same time, I don't want to read long articles about literally every single small topic. Yeah. There are some things... That- however so the balance between the two is really useful because um it can kind of like help you enjoy the things you like and also kind of skim through the things
1: you don't yeah because i would say i'm not overly interested in politics but i'd still would like to know what is going on so that's where the shorter form comes in so i can just maybe see what is happening and then that's all i need to know whereas with say football for example i'm really interested in that i'll much prefer to read a longer piece on that because I'm, I am generally interested in it. and I want to enjoy it.
2: Yeah, 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 I, yeah. it's yeah. definitely about.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so, um, would you would you be willing to pay for higher quality journalism if it was released slowly?
1: Uh, I actually do. I have ah. a subscription to the Athletic, which is a sports journalism uh subscription base, and they they again they do a bit of a mixture, like they bring you the breaking news but they also do do longer pieces and i've found the ones i tend to read are the longer pieces because they're types of pieces that you can't get
0: anywhere else
1: Hmm. Yeah. yeah
0: i don't really pay for slow journalism but i would definitely enjoy it and if i did ever find let's say a journal that kind of like had news that i really liked i would definitely consider like paying for it but at the same time um i do think that there isn't really a need to pay for slow journalism because there are a lot of like, articles out there that are free anyways. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think yeah. it's... I think I, a lot of the... Cause, because it's kind of a new... not It's not a new thing, but it's a rising thing at the moment. So I think a lot of um, specific slow journalism outlets are kind of asking people to pay for it as a support for it and showing that there is an interest in slow journalism. There is an audience for it if people do it. Um, so probably maybe potentially in the future when it becomes more popular because it seems to be um, um it'll become a point where there will be just free articles that you can read for slow journalism yeah um, because it's so popular
1: if you're paying for it too you know you don't have to see all of the ads which which can be quite annoying
2: <laughs> yeah that does help when you pay for stuff
3: There's many problems surrounding journalists. For example, many see them as biased when they write their reports. For example, if they write about an issue in their articles and it's something that they believe, or it's one, like it's a view that they're like they strongly believe in, then it could be argued that, like, some, like the audience might see it as biased. Also diversity within journalism is of great importance since majority of inequality lies with topics such as LGBTQ, ethnicity, women, class etc. Um, An example of this is that a report produced by the National Council for the Training of Journalism found that journalism remains an occupation where social class affects the likelihood of entering the profession this doesn't show any diversity within journalism as chances of getting into the profession purely depends on your social class and not on like your grades or educational knowledge or any skills that you picked up over the years or learned about that you could use, but mainly on social class and background. Another example is that 23% of the top editors across 200 major outlets in 10 markets are women this shows a lack of diversity within journalism, since there's not a large percentage of women within this sector. It also shows that men are favoured for roles such as this one, which explains the extremely short percentage of women. Um, following these points, it shows that there is a huge lack of diversity, which can impact the future of journalism in many ways and can also do so very negatively.
4: What is meant by diversity with
0: Um, I personally think by diversity just means getting people different different like, backgrounds, so you can get different perspectives and situations that are kind of sensitive. For example, when it comes to stories about religion and sexuality, you know, topics are very um, personal to a lot of people. You kind of want to see someone who's kind of like, who's had a background in that kind of subculture or community because you kind of want to you know get someone who understands the situation better
4: yeah
0: I guess in in a
1: utopic world we'd have it so every uh, everyone is represented and every representation is proportional uh, to the amount of people that there are of that uh, within the population Uh, it's obviously it's it's made easy to sound on paper. It's a lot harder to put into practice in real life. But if we could strive towards reaching that goal, then uh, we're definitely on the right track.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with Josh. Definitely. It's kind of in a perfect world. Everyone's represented, but there's so many different people from so many different backgrounds that it's very hard to get absolutely everyone represented. So it's about pushing towards having that representation but it's a kind of unachievable goal but it's something that should be worked towards nonetheless
1: as long as i suppose as long as you try to reach that goal yeah. then that's yeah. all you can do really yeah
4: yeah um can it be argued that journalists are diverse
0: i mean i personally think you know the journalism industry is kind of like growing at the moment and we're getting all different people from different backgrounds i mean in the past it might have been dominated by like you know people from the western world um it was mainly dominated world. by like the white male yeah definitely, yeah definitely but nowadays you have journalists from all over the world different backgrounds and it's just i think you know it's enriching you know the um the journalism the journalism community because we're kind of getting different views and different topics which is great
4: yeah yeah i agree
2: yeah i think, I, I think independent journalists are rising from social media that that definitely helps to diversify the the kind of pool of journalists that we have
1: yeah i suppose if with the internet if anyone has the license and the ability to put their say out there in in written form or if it's like this where they're talking about it everyone can do that so it doesn't you don't need to go through a load of qualifications and you don't need to go through a load of formalities in order to get your say out there you can just publish it yourself which is definitely going to help in the long run yeah
4: how does the black lives matter protests increase diversity
1: i suppose it just makes more people who may not have been aware before it aware of the the situation that black people have to live with in the the modern world yeah yeah it's definitely about awareness i think because it's very
2: hard if you're it's obviously just what happens in life where if you're not from that background you won't be able to experience the world from that perspective Mm. i think that black lives matter is definitely it will it will make a change in journalism especially because of how much
1: attention is brought to that to that culture something like that you know it's probably it'll hopefully change the whole world for the better Mm. and not not just journalism know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think definitely Black Lives Matter is like a racial issue, which is really sensitive. So I think a lot of people from minority communities really do want to speak up on it and kind of like give their thoughts on the events and, you know, kind of like get more diverse views on the topic.
4: Yeah, it allows people mm. to understand. Better.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah.
4: yeah. What are the industry perspe- perspectives of reporters from diverse backgrounds?
0: Um, I feel like the perspectives for um, aspiring journalists from you know like diverse backgrounds is getting better and better these days because journalism as a whole is a growing industry and I do feel like you know the advent of social media as well it's much more easy to become a journalist so yeah I feel like for people from diverse backgrounds it will definitely be, become easier to be a journalist
4: yeah yeah
1: and I think uh, everyone wants to see someone like themselves in. A position like that everyone wants to have that role model that they can look up to and they can acknowledge that they can achieve that also so because journalism is becoming more diverse then it's going to help with the next generation of journalists because they can see themselves in um, in different people and they can know that that is an achievable goal
4: yeah
2: yeah certainly having so much change can come from one generation where such a change is just seeing someone um, who's similar to you doing something like you say does make it seem more achievable, or it make shows it that it is achievable. Um, so I think within this generation, it can definitely change and diversify, not just journalism but the world and what we that we live in, uh, in terms of the types of people that we have in power and different positions.
4: Is it appropriate for reporters to like take sides on and stories, and, like base? like their articles on like their beliefs or like
0: their views well i think everyone is kind of naturally biased towards like their own views just naturally but yeah they shouldn't be but i guess your background does affect your views in life like let's be honest if you're from let's say a minority background you might have a different you're probably gonna have a positive view of blm for example um it's just kind of like your background does affect your views because you've kind of been shaped by different ideas it's just it's not really like good or bad it's just how it is yeah I would say that, um,
1: no matter how hard you try, you're always gonna have an opinion on on something, and I get, like no matter how hard you might try and remove that opinion from your reporting of something, it's always gonna be there, and you're always gonna there's always gonna be some kind of influence on it, and I think that's just human nature mm. yeah, yeah, I'd say journalism is kind of just about
2: mitigating that difference and kind of trying to stay as neutral as you can at least when you're 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 aiming to do that whereas if you're writing in a column or something then giving your perspective and opinion is should be kind of shown because that's just again like you say human nature to give our own perspective of things
4: can white middle class reporters report on diverse communi- communities in a non-biased way
1: uh if yeah if you look at a news subject then
4: Mm.
1: you know typically news subjects are supposed to be you report the facts and you say what has happened and there's not as much of opinion surrounding it so I I don't it's you know it doesn't matter too much if who it is that is just outlaying these facts to the public I think if you get more long-form articles that do involve opinions Mm. it's a different subject but if it's someone just reporting the the facts of an event that has happened then it shouldn't it shouldn't really matter too much yeah definitely i agree with josh
0: completely i mean if you're just um, reporting objective facts anyone can do that because facts are just facts no matter who kind of like shows them but again like he says um the more subjective opinions are kind of like thrown inside the article the more you know controversial it can get so definitely while you know objective facts can be like shared by anyone i do think it's like, like they it shouldn't be banned obviously but you should be very careful because you don't want to like come off and just say something, read really back, and
4: then yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think when you
2: it is, it is fine to have um different people reporting just the straight facts, but it's you that you come at risk of kind of being kind of unaware and just un unempathetic of what's actually happening because you there's no way that you could possibly actually experience what they've experienced if it's say a race issue or something
4: okay. um
2: so i think it's that a risk that you run if you don't
0: have someone from that reporting well that brings us to the end of episode one i hope you've enjoyed your stay and hopefully you'll be back for episode two bye bye, All right, bye. <laughs>